0: Warning. What follows is a story of monsters, madness, and mayhem. I'm Nick. Wow. Yeah. I'm Sam. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what we're doing tonight. Yeah, baby. All right. What are we doing? Oh, <laughs> well, I lost my train of thought. Welcome to Weird and Feared, a barely educational podcast about global folklore that aims to enlighten, entertain, and expand your world. Zach, how are you? this lovely. I'm good. Good. Good enough. Good Good enough is great enough by me right now. I got a question to ask you. Sometimes I do that. Those, uh, all right, lay it on me.
1: Unfamiliar yeah, with do. the show, it's I'm going
0: right. to tell Zach a story. I...
1: Uh-huh.
0: And then I'm also going to, uh, well, you know, I'm going to ask him a question to lead into the story. It's all right. It's not a hard question. It's just... How do you feel about spirits?
1: Uh, what kind?
0: Well, I mean, uh, malevolent, like um, ca- benign. Uh,
1: not, not, not the ones you imbibe.
0: Oh well, I mean, hey, we could. Any spirits are good. Yeah. How do you? Yeah.
1: I mean, I'm am f- for them, in all aspects. Let's do it.
0: Yeah. Okay, okay. Beautiful. How do you feel about spiritualism?
1: It's interesting,
0: isn't it? It's, because yeah, it's a fun topic. Yeah, well, you know, how about let's let's talk about it for a second. Let's talk about spiritualism, the uh, okay. the religion that soared across the English-speaking world from the 1840s to around 1920s. All right, so what mm-hmm. was, or I guess is, uh, spiritualism? Well, spiritualism originated in the western parts of New York State in what was called the Burned Over District. I'm sure you're vaguely familiar with this district. Has it come up in the past Mm -hmm. in your travels? Okay, so to those who are not familiar with the Burned Over District, what exactly is it and what does that mean? Uh, Well, the people living there had been so enraptured and so consumed with joining any number of the new up-and-coming religions uh, that were springing up in this area that it was thought there was no more fuel left to burn. The people... Well rather obviously, the fuel here succumbed to the flames of the religious revivals that set ablaze their imaginations so just a bunch of religions mm-hmm. springing up out of nowhere burning people up, absorbing them into their new congregations it's quite not key, uh, literally
1: burning them anymore no
0: not right no no not literally but setting their setting their hearts afire, I suppose the passions were mm-hmm. were um quite um
1: yeah okay in, f-
0: in full swing all right so. Because of this, a lot of new stuff, the burned-over district was a hotbed for radical ideas. Examples of these oh-so-extraordinary radical ideas included letting black Americans attend school with white Americans, some colleges even admitting women of all stripes alongside people of color, and some schools even had black professors with some groups even wanting to give women the vote and abolish slavery. Crazy! What? Crazy. (laughs) What an insane set of things to want to achieve. certain, uh, Certain religions even had the nerve to believe God would not send unbaptized infants to hell. Again, what a world. Crazy.
1: How could he? Those evil children.
0: Yeah, he just, some people believe maybe they get to go to heaven, even if they didn't get the holy thing done to them. Jeez, what an insane maybe. time to be alive. Yeah, just maybe. <laughs> yes, yeah, so as if that didn't drive the point home. Again, this was a pretty revolutionary era. Now, it's also been said that uh, all of America was probably being swept up in fervor with different um, with different re- religions such as these. It wasn't just the, uh, even though the Burned Over District is probably the most famous aspect of this, it was like a revival going all over the country. You know, it was, they were spreading things, new ideas, new ways to interpret the Bible. People, um, a lot of people, you know, finding things in the earth and proclaiming they have spoken to God. A lot of that going on in this time yeah. period.
1: Well, why not?
0: Yeah. A lot of things that were really happening, you mm-hmm. know, as you do. Right. Yes. Yeah, so these, uh, these new lay people religions uh, caused... Oh, they were swept up. Yeah, because a lot of these were just like, a lot of people that the you know, God was speaking to weren't like your, they're kind of normal, average day folks, not super like the upper class, wealthy. Just kind of your average, maybe middle class, upper middle class, or just kind of working class. It, I mean, God was talking to lots of people evidently back then.
1: Yeah, he was, he was bored po- maybe. I don't know.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. It's looking true. for He's, some conversation. That's true. He's like, hey, what's up, guys? Like, let's throw a bunch yeah. of these out there and see what happens, because that always works well in the history of humanity. Toss a bunch of these out yep. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, they were swept up in the fervor these new laypeople religions caused, but what cannot be as disputed is how many religions sprang forth from this region because, again, a lot of them came up. Many uh, many insisting that believers seek their own connections with God rather than relying on a minister. In a way, it's almost like a. I mean, it's not called this. Well, it's actually called the Second Great Awakening, but it kind of reminds you of like Martin Luther and like the Reformation, like different ideas how to interpret. The, I mean, the same kind of vibe we got going on here. Right. Part so two. It, exactly. Part two. So in this, this is the kind of atmosphere that gave life to spiritualism. It came out of this. I, I mentioned that just because you know a lot of, a lot of things are happening here. So according to, um, spiritualism in antebellum America. And radical spirit, spiritualism, and women's rights in 19th century America, Uh, spiritualists believed in the possibility of communication with the spirits of dead people, whom they regard as discarnate humans. They believe that spirit mediums are gifted to carry on such communication, but that anyone may become a medium through study and practice. So it's kind of like the, the lay people's, like anybody can kind of talk to God. You don't have to be, you know, It's open to everybody. They believe that spirits are capable of growth and perfection, progressing through higher spheres or planes, and that the afterlife is not a static state, but one in which spirits evolve. The two beliefs, that contact with spirits is possible, and that spirits may dwell on a higher plane, lead to a third belief, that spirits can provide knowledge about moral and ethical issues, as well as about God and the afterlife. Many believers, therefore, speak of spirit guides, specific spirits often contacted and relied upon for worldly and spiritual guidance according to spiritualists anyone may receive spirit messages but formal communication sessions or seances are held by mediums who claim thereby to receive information about the afterlife huh.
1: mm-hm
0: spiritualism yep a lot of cool a lot of cool things you can It's got a lot of stuff going on with that it's got a lot of things yeah. going on reaching from through it's, the uh yeah go ahead, sorry
1: I like that everybody used to just like hold seances for fun, you know
0: I mean I wish there was a way to bring that back to more like like hang out with your friends and then like yeah, let's do a seance and everyone no one's like Pfft, they're like okay, sure it's time, yeah, okay,
1: yeah, yeah. All right, let's just hang out, you know, have a few drinks, see if we can talk to the dead.
0: Yeah, do you want to, do you guys want to talk to that, like, Civil War general we talked to a few weeks ago? We can try to get him on the line. Yeah, that's cool. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe in these trying times there can be some kind of, um, I don't know if a Zoom seance or a Skype seance would be the same thing, but I mean, technology, ghosts, maybe that'd be easier. Set, like, a screen up for the ghost? I don't know
1: yeah yeah just uh you know pop in if you're here
0: <laughs> yeah you out there show <laughs> sure, ya. Yeah. come on
1: center enter our zoom call if you're if you're out there
0: <laughs> oh, just the uh <laughs> when you're adding people to calls yeah. you have an option that just says the great beyond and you click it anybody there <laughs>
1: <laughs> Or talk oh s- somebody's here all right oh hey
0: oh someone's calling us now oh further beyond Oh, it's Daryl, that other ghost we talked to last week, who and Beelzebub, <laughs> and we got one. Of the... Oh, wow, we got the southern hemisphere uh, on the line. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, oh,
1: hey, like,
0: wrong number. Sorry, dude. No, he wants to talk. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs>
0: oh, my god. All right, well, zoom calls with ghosts. That's <sighs> that's all I want. What... Oh, man. Now I'm just picturing, like, Bezelbub <laughs> like, cycling through, like, his different fake background options, you know, because he, you know, he can choose those sometimes in the different things.
1: Oh, oh I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he just picks, like, one of the defaults, he, like, picks a default setting that's just, like, somebody's house. Like, just, like, it was just, like, random rooms <laughs> with, like, a random picture. He's like, I'm here. This is my family. What? <laughs> just, just pictures on the walls. Of random assorted. Yes. Just growling at you. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a thing that everyone should try and do. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But spiritualism itself, it's so, like, it's not a formal movement. You know, it's kind of just different people doing kind of, again, it's basically getting together with your friends in a respectful fashion, I imagine, because they really believe in these things and trying to summon people from the great beyond. But it's not a formal movement. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But in October of 1899, an initial declara- declaration of principles was adopted during a National Spiritualist Association convention. Um, and it seems to always come back here. in none other than Chicago, Illinois. Um, by October of 1944... Why is it always October? You know, I was just thinking about it. 1899, October. October, night. I mean, they're feeling the vibes, man, right?
1: I mean... Right. Halloween's supposed to be the thinning of the veil, right? You'd think you'd do it all in October.
0: I would think so. I think it's the best month to do it. I'm not biased. I just, science, based yeah. on science, what I know about science, that seems to be a good call. Right. Facts. Mm-hmm. Right, so, total facts. Science facts. By, uh, so yeah, by 1944, there were nine principles of spiritualism. Now, let's just, we'll just take a little dive here, because, of course, I went to the National Spiritualist Associations of Churches website. I got the nine principles, so I'm just going to read those to you, just to benefit all of our knowledges, okay? These, um, these are the the Declaration, yeah, of principles. Um, the, they broke these down into more, um, perhaps more layman's phrasing, but we can go to the website. I wasn't going to read you these, and the read you, like I could just. I'm not saying I spent a lot of time on this website just for fun, but you know, <laughs> these these are the okay. nine principles, just as stated off the website. Uh, we believe in infinite intelligence. Um, We believe, that was the first one. Number two, we believe that the phenomena of nature, both physical and spiritual, are the expression of infinite intelligence. Um, Number three, we affirm that a correct understanding of such expression and living in accordance therewith constitute true religion. Number four, we affirm that the existence and personal identity of the individual continue after the change called death. Because to them, it's just a change. It's just a change of being. You're still mm-hmm. being anyways. Number five, right. we have, we affirm that communication with the so-called dead. Oh, now we're, are they dead? Anyways, this is, oh, I just keep reading. So-called dead is a fact mm-hmm. scientifically proven by the phenomena of spiritualism, which is just a great sentence. Anyways, moving along. Number six, mm-hmm. um, we believe that the highest morality is contained in the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Again, this is probably, what a revolutionary idea. Anyways. Yeah. Um, number seven. We affirm the moral responsibility of individuals and that we make our own happiness or unhappiness as we obey or disobey nature's physical and spiritual laws. Which sounds, that sounds like a long way to say. I mean, I could interpret all these, but like that's like free will. You know what I mean? We're responsible for what we do. Right. Yeah. I can get it. I mean, that's an easy thing to get on board with. All right. We affirm that the doorway to reformation is never closed against any soul here or hereafter. And then finally, number nine: we affirm that the precepts of uh, wow prophecy, geez man, precepts of prophecy and healing are divine attributes proven through mediumships. Oh, I did include the simplified version, but I think we can make sense of those. You know what I mean? You can kind of decipher those and parse out what they mean. Mm-hmm. You know, like the first one, we believe in God. Second one is we believe in God exists expressed through nature. Three, true religion is living in obedience to nature's laws. I like the uh, this is why I kept this in here. I thought I got rid of it, but the uh, the number four is just summed up as we never die. <laughs> Bold.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. Immort Immortal. Yeah,
0: we are immortal. Just changing. Spiritualism proves that we can talk with people in the spirit world. Again. I'm. It's just washing over me again why I kept all these things in here. Um 6. Be kind, do good, and others will do likewise. Um it's very optimistic, but I support it. Uh number 7. Mm-hmm. We bring unhappiness to ourselves by the errors we make and we will be happy if we obey the laws of life. Number 8. Every day is a new beginning and number 9. Prophecy and healing are expressions of God. So I mean, I'm not a spiritualist, so if, you know, musing about happen to offend any of the actual spiritualists we have listening, I, I do apologize, but... Uh, spiritualism.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, so it was kind of... We'll go into it just a little bit more here. The, um, the teachings of Emanuel Swedenborg and Franz Mesmer formed the core of spiritualist beliefs. Swedenborg was interesting because he was an inventor and a scientist who studied physiology, engineering and anatomy kind of sounds like a like a science guy doesn't he he does yeah all right so pretty grounded in science that is until um was that the year it can't be the year it has to be 18 oh well let's just ignore the year for a second that is until he also began to have a series of intense, mystical experiences, dreams, and visions, claiming that he had been called by God to reform Christianity and introduce a new church.
1: I mean, that's that's a, a higher calling, I guess, right?
0: I would say so, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he's in his lab yeah, messing that's, that's... with beakers or something, and then God's like, "Hey, man, it's time." What? Whoa. What am yeah, I doing? just pops
1: in. All right. Yeah, all right.
0: Yeah, God just slides in there. He's, hey, man, have you ever thought about reforming Christianity? What?
1: <laughs> you know, it hadn't crossed my mind.
0: <laughs> now that you think about it, God, huh, how do I go about this? Well, I got a story to tell you. Oh.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. So Swedenborg believed the afterlife was more complicated than previously thought. Now, how complicated did we think the afterlife was? I mean, this is all great things. I'm uh, on board with all yeah, these I things. Don't, I don't know. Um, so he, uh, so in relation to how complicated he did think the afterlife was, um, he taught that, quote, that there is not a single hell and a single heaven, but rather a series of higher and lower heavens and hells, Let's just let that simmer for a second. So basically there's different layers, different I mean basically he sounds like he's talking about different dimensions, different tiers, different planes of existence. Yeah. Well a, Yeah.
1: I mean that doesn't sound like groundbreaking to me, but No. I don't know. I guess depending on the time.
0: Well, and like I'm sure like I don't um I I'm pretty sure I remember I do not get too much into the different tiers, but I'm pretty sure like Maybe he, maybe there's a lot, maybe more than people, you know what I mean? Like, maybe there's just a lot going on here. Or maybe most people he was around. Yeah.
1: Like the different layers of hell from, like, Dante's Inferno or anything?
0: Yeah, that's what I kept thinking about. Something,
1: Something completely different?
0: Right, yes, yeah. So... Yeah, well, that was that was the first. That was his, you know, first, like belief, and then second, that spirits are intermediates, intermediate, mediates. That's intermediaries between God and humans, so that the divine sometimes uses them as a means of communications, so that like you know spirits can be messengers of God and relay things to the earthly realm. Okay. Now that was that was with Swedenborg. He was one of the uh, the core. His teachings, his principles helped form the core of spiritualism. There's also Franz Mesmer. He claimed to be able to induce trances to speak to the dead using a crazy new thing called hypnotism. Hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, mesmer, mesmerize. I'm just saying, man. This is what we got here. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, right. He's a guy. Anyways, moving along. Another man... Named Andrew Jackson Davis was able to combine all their ideas together into a more coherent form of spiritualism, that he described, that he transcribed to a friend while in a trance, um, and this, he, they wrote a book and it was called uh, "The Principles of Nature: Her Divine Revelations, and a Voice to Mankind" in 1847. So it's kind of what a lot of these things are popping around the 1840s. It's Again, God's talking to mm-hmm. lots of people. A lot of people inspired to put things together. Yeah, so that's the core of early spiritualist teachings. You know, being able to communicate with spirits using seances or trances to help gain the wisdom they've received in the afterlife through their continued evolution and growth beyond death. Now, a uh, it's quite a movement, this spiritualism. There was a pair of sisters they're officially credited as getting the movement underway on march 31st 1848 these were the fox sisters kate and margaret from hydesdale new york they claim to have communicated with a murdered peddler in a house through a series of rapping noises which they were evidently able to recreate for anyone interested in believing their tales so you come by the house and they talk to this guy rapping to him through the walls Mm mm-hmm Sounds pretty exciting to me. And
1: I mean, I like to imagine that they're beatboxing when you say rapping noises. So <laughs> I know what you mean. No, but. <laughs>
0: no, I, what you actually—I'm probably misinterpreting it. I think that's what it was actually meant to be.
1: <laughs> that's what—they're actually the founders of r- rap, too.
0: Correct. Yeah, it's yeah, and it's a, its a divine language, the rap. Rap and hip-hop is a divine language that um, is being communicated through mediums, yep. through a murdered peddler. He's seen some shit if he's a murdered peddler. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> yeah, all right. The
0: barrel of a gun, the, the blade of a knife. Real serious, um, you know, counterculture talk from the murdered peddler to these Fox sisters.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm not going to. In my head, I'm th- trying to think of rhymes that he would say that I will never say out loud. We don't need to go down that route. That would not be great. No, just, we I mean, are not 18, rappers.
1: 40. That is yeah, we, a fact.
0: Yeah, that's just what he does. He's a murdered peddler who he's got some sick rhymes. That's all I'm saying.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So, as would become the case with spiritualism, the showmanship of it all would sucker people. I mean, sorry, would entice people, welcome them in to the movement. No one. I mean, yeah, convince. Right. I mean, they they were talking to spirits, and there was an easy way. This was the proof that communication with spirits was in fact happening. So the uh, the more they did this the sisters became famous. And soon enough the teachings of spiritualism began to spread amongst the Quaker community who took it to rather who took to it rather favorably because they wanted an alternative to mainstream churches who they felt were dropping the ball when it came to speaking out against slavery and women's rights. Again, radical ideas, crazy. Many because that's no matter what you feel about, like, you know, anyone, the hypothetical you, you know, like spiritualism and like all that, like, even if like you thought like the rapping, the, the spirit, you know, like you said, beatboxing to people, if you're like, this is, this is a little unrealistic, but they also talk about like freeing the slaves and giving women the right to vote and treating people equal, like how you'd want to be treated. It's kind of a, you know what I mean? It's kind of, <laughs> it's not a bad like, well, rapping. It's like, well. Yeah. I mean, and I used wrapping that term as like a wrapping, like a, like a present, like a nice, you have all the, the meat inside of like equal rights and abolishing slavery wrapped around, you know, with surrounded. Right. that surrounding different, that is just ghosts. Again, a different wrap. Yeah. Ghost talking. Right. Tied with a bow. Yeah. You mean I get to believe yep. in freeing the slaves, giving women the right to vote and talking to ghosts who talk to God? Sign me up. I'm in. This is great. So, sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I'm kind of, kind of a fan. Uh, many socialist activity, uh, act, many socialist activists gravitated towards spiritualism for the reasons that I'm kind of describing because of their respect for women. Many prominent spiritualist lecturers were in fact women. So it kind of gave women a position of power, um, to be looked up to, gave them, you know, to go around the country and spread good things. You know? Mm-hmm. Now, what, yeah, you come for this seance, but you stay for equal rights. Isn't that amazing? What an amazing thing. <laughs> well, uh, Conducting their seances, spiritualists would encounter several types of spirits, but it seems encountering a specific class of spirit would go on to spur another reform movement. Um, This is In the Specter of the Indian by Catherine Troy. Undoubtedly, on some level, spiritualists recognized the Indian specters that appeared at seances as a symbol of the sins and subsequent guilt of the United States in its dealings with Native Americans spiritualists were literally haunted by the presence of indians but for many that guilt was not assuaged rather in order to confront the haunting and rectify it they were galvanized into action so they start talking to native american spirits and they're like what we do is fucking awful this is bad
1: huh. yeah, i mean isn't that kind of still going on in 1840
0: yeah it's it's active like right they're like they're like in the middle of (laughs) yeah they're in the middle of hating what's going on like hating that it's been done it's going on and they're not even close to being it's it's still it's they're in the thick of it right
1: yeah (laughs) it's yeah (laughs) not good
0: yeah a lot of uh hmm. yeah so the um yeah, they were galvanized into action, and the political activism of spiritualists on behalf of Indians was thus the result of combining white guilt and fear of divine judgment with a new sense of purpose and responsibility. So again, man, you talking a ghost or like all these messages wrapped up in like talking to spirits from beyond the grave. These the the you know all the physical stuff that would happen on Earth. This is all good things.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: a wild. It's just a wild concept. It's wild that. They would like they would look beyond the grave and actually take something good from it and try to make a better world for themselves as they're dealing with like you said the the not great things that are going on in America in the eighteen forties Jesus Christ
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, so spiritualists seem to be learning the right messages and actively went out to fix the horrors that they were constantly reminded of during their calm activities, but you know seances, speaking to the dead, trances. Mm-hmm being mesmerized, hypnotizing, whatever they need to. All right, so whether you believe they were talking to ghosts or not, and many mediums would do such things to, uh, to large fanfare, and, uh, you know, when you're selling tickets to the ghost show, you would acquire quite a profit. Um, even in spite of that, they would still have, like, right ideas about a lot of things. So, not long after its official inception... Spiritualism had spread across the country with sizable settlements around Madison, Milwaukee, and the Fox Valley area in the cheese-filled United States of Wisconsin. Now,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: moving to the New West, New York Senator Nathaniel P. Talmage was appointed to the governorship of Wisconsin in eighteen forty five. Upon visiting his family's new home, Talmage's nineteen year old son William said that whenever he uh whenever he died, he wanted to be buried at a specific hill on the property that he had taken a liking to. Now I figure this is like an eighteen forties thing to do. Like I like that hill. When I die I want to be buried there. Yeah, that's fair. I I'm okay with that. I mean it must have been a really badass hill, you know. You know the kind. I'm sure you've seen badass hills in your days. Oh, yeah. I love a good hill. <laughs> I love, I love <laughs> a good hill. All right, well... <laughs> well, uh, two weeks later, um, his son died and fulfilled his wish. Oh. Yeah, it was that quick. I didn't know he meant oh. that that soon. <laughs> he, it was, a, it so, was you know, out of the blue kind of... Yeah, he, he didn't know he was dying. It just kind of happened.
1: I really like that hill. Let's make this happen.
0: <laughs> He's like, Man, can I get buried there now? He Just like goes to stab himself, like, Whoa, what? what?
1: Whoa. Like, you can just sit whoa. there, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Calm down. Yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. I know you love that hill man, but I want to spend the rest of my life in that hill. My other life. What? How many lives you get? This is my hill life. That doesn't make stop talking. I have an
1: infinite life. I am immortal.
0: I'm going to spend part of my immortality in this badass hill I saw. He's like, one and his dad's like, when we moved here, I just wanted—I didn't want you to like stay here, like physically forever. I, just, all right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, eventually, spiritualism would um, come to prominence during the Civil War and later, even World War One. I. I mean, think about it. I mean, many people tried to find any connection to their loved ones who had perished prematurely.
1: So, right. I mean that makes sense. Those were both uh, pretty horrible.
0: Very traumatic. So this is of course I presume this is what led Nathaniel Talmadge down his his path to spiritualism, because he became an ardent supporter and eventually he was Hmm. I'm assuming this is eighteen fifty three, but for some reason I'll cut this out. It changed it to twenty nine fifty three. He traveled to the future. Oh. <laughs> maybe i'll leave it in what an insane typo or auto. by the year 2953 (laughs) holy shit he is immortal (laughs) Uh. oh my god all right so anyways by 1853 he was claiming ghosts were teaching his 13 year old daughter how to play piano so he kind of went all in after his son came to a unfortunately a short demise yeah you know all right so anyway wish oh, I
1: could get a ghost teacher to teach me piano
0: I mean, that'd be cool. Imagine how much they've learned before and after death like Beethoven comes and hangs Man, out. Don't have to so pay you want him. To do this
1: Well I mean what do you pay a ghost?
0: I mean, I guess just your divine respect and admiration and appreciation. You chose to talk to me? yeah I mean, I assume the ghosts that reach through the veil really just want your attention. They really want to be you know interact, so I guess just giving them that might be enough or I don't yeah.
1: know. Okay. Yeah. I don't know how I, me.
0: I mean I don't know. What I don't know what physical object you'd give a ghost. I don't know. What they I don't know I don't what know. a ghost want. If you're a ghost and you want something, email Weird and Feared Podcast at gmail dot com <laughs> and uh just <laughs> yeah. let me know and then
1: <laughs> what would you like?
0: Please, no s I mean no sacrifices of living beings, like objects that you know, anyways. Yeah, well.
1: I mean, if that's what you want.
0: I suppose I shouldn't be too picky if a ghost reaches out to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, uh, all right. Well, okay. Here we are, I guess. Here comes this sheep. Mm -hmm. What? All right. Well, also a New Yorker, Morris Pratt, had relocated to Wisconsin and uh, kept getting kicked out of churches, you know, that kind of guy, over his strongly held beliefs over spiritualism. I mean, just imagine these conversations. I'm sure they were pretty fantastic. Yeah. Right. (laughs)
1: Right. How many different churches does he go to? (laughs) They're like, no, 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 no. no." It makes had enough of your shit, bud. You're (laughs) out of here.
0: We can be. We are immortal. It's like, yeah, with the with the blood of Christ sure but we can maybe talk to let's talk to some people let's talk to the disciples let's talk to people from yeah let's the grave.
1: let's let's call Jesus up
0: yeah let's hit him up I got his number what yeah what's his number I don't know with area code never mind I was going to say the area code was 316 but that's stupid because that's a different yeah. <laughs> it was the first three digits that hop- popped in my head or I mean hopefully it wasn't something depressing as like he comes in like we should give the women the right to vote and they just kick his ass out of the church like ah oh, shit, not these, not these guys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh. huh.
0: get out of here with your spiritualism I mean it's a little more than that but alright okay. alright so Morris Pratt was into spiritualism so as you can imagine he was into the seances as you do as a good spiritualist you're involved in the seances so one day in 1851 well, that year is the correct one interesting during one of his seances again I said this already but again just a thing, thing people do Uh, Morris Pratt vowed, if he ever became a wealthy man, that he would help the cause of spiritualism, any way he could. Well, noble, yeah, right, exactly. Hold that thought. A schoolteacher by the name of Mary Haynes Chinaweth collapsed in her kitchen near her father after a mysterious force took control of her, and she began praying in a language neither of them knew. This gave Mary the ability to know when someone was sick. And see what was wrong with them. You know, just a thing that happens. And was also able to suck the sick out of them, green Mile style. Which would cause rashes to appear all over her skin. Huh. Huh. Yep. Well, Mrs. Hayes was not a medium. Uh, quote her, that's, this is what her son J.O. Haynes wrote in 1938. Um, In her young womanhood, she became very much interested in the question of man's immortality, and prayed for two years, very earnestly and devotedly, that she might know the truth regarding it. And as a result of this effort, she passed through an experience somewhat similar to that of Jesus in the wilderness, as recorded in the Bible. She spoke in tongues unknown to her. She restored those possessed to a normal condition and did untold miraculous things that could not be explained by the use of any ordinary human methods. From that time until her death, a large part of her time was given to healing the sick, and she did this without charge or financial compensation.
1: I mean. Noble of her, as well.
0: Again, like, still, like, whatever led her down this path, her end goal was, like, trying to help sick people. Again, very good, right? Right. Never mind the fact that she collapsed by her father and had a vision and started speaking in weird tongues, it led her to, hey, whatever it takes, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, it happens, I
0: guess. It's true, it's just, yeah, it just, it's just a thing that happens, it's fine.
1: It's never happened to me.
0: Me neither, but evidently it's a thing um that i guess mm-hmm. could still happen i mean you could you know we could go we could you know go to try to go to bed tonight collapse on the floor and start speaking some weird language and wake up with the ability to suck the sick out of people
1: i hope not <laughs> but <laughs> it'd be a
0: it'd be a weird x-men power again yeah you know yeah you know what can you what can you do but um, right. so, uh, I might have. okay. So that was Mary, right? Okay. Well, mm-hmm. Mary had heard Morris Pratt's proclamation that if he were wealthy, he would help spiritualism any way he could. I'm going to cut to the chase and make a long story short. She used her magical knowledge to direct Pratt to invest in mining operations that uncovered then, uh, a, oh man, a gobijic. Is that how you say that? I don't know how to say iron things, but it's an iron range um pratt and mary's two sons oh also did i mention that mary's sons were also involved in this enterprise interesting anyways uh pratt and mary's two sons hit jackpot okay well yeah they uh yeah she just um you know directed him to uh somewhere where her family had an intra and you know had uh perhaps made some investments about finding some minerals and they got, they, they found that they okay. he helped fund this stuff. So then, Hey, they, they go in and they find stuff they do. And uh, Pratt. So then of course they hit the jackpot. They, they became rich almost overnight. Um, so with his newfound wealth, cause he wasn't poor before this, he was just like a successful, a successful farmer. So like he had a career and a thing, but he wasn't some, you know, he wasn't a rich man, but he was now. So, uh, Mm -hmm. to further the cause of spiritualism, by beginning construction of a building in Whitewater, Wisconsin, in 1888, with the sole intent of using it to help the cause of spiritualism, a building that him and his wife would move to, a building that many people would have seances in, a building that would be known as the, quote, Mecca of modern spiritualism, or as the slightly concerned residents of Whitewater would call it, the Spook Temple. (laughs) <laughs> okay okay so that's the thing he built he mm-hmm. went started construction in the late 1880s and unfortunately Pratt died in 1902 but willed the building to seven mysterious spiritualists who remain unknown to this day um, mm-hmm. eventually there was one man who became um, like there was eventually one guy put in charge of this but initially it was just willed to seven This, this these you know unknown, mysterious spiritualist. So the building would go on to become a school capable of housing up to 50 students and host lectures and seances for an apprehensive but intrigued public. Now, what was Uh remarkable about the space, however, um, was the third floor, where anyone but the most devoted spiritualists were denied entry. It's a three-floor building. People live in it below... You know, students, classes, teacher you know. But at the third floor...
1: And then a mysterious third floor.
0: A mysterious third floor where anyone but the most devoted spiritualists were denied entry. The entire floor was painted white and reserved for the most spiritualist of spiritualist activities, for the most spiritualist spiritualists. This was the Morris <laughs> Pratt Institute. <laughs> Like everything nice. I came across just made it seem like it was the most top secret shit you could ever imagine. Like whatever went on up there, yeah, you had to be like, like a yeah, A plus, A level, like Jedi level spiritualist. Like this was all for you. Mm-hmm. All right. Well eventually the uh the twentieth century is gonna do what it does. And the uh, the depression was not kind to the school, and it shut down in 1932, and was sold in 1947, and destroyed and rebuilt into a telephone office. The uh, the school rec- relocated after this to Milwaukee, and continues. It's still there to this day, and it continues to teach telepathy, clairvoyance, mediumship, and psychic surgery. What? You know, things what? things yeah things you can learn yeah. Okay. How I'm do you, in. How do you feel about those things you can learn?
1: Uh I don't know what psychic surgery is, but I want to be a psychic surgeon. Don't you want to be What's a psychic pay?
0: surgeon? I mean, yeah. surgeons make a lot of money, so I assume it's about the same thing. <laughs> yeah, so surgeon.
1: I <laughs> I imagine a psychic surgeon's got to make more money.
0: <laughs> You'd have to, right?
1: I mean, they're doing it with their mind.
0: Right. How could they not? I mean, it's just top-level shit, it's all I can think of. All right, so um, now, do you think an institute who, along with focusing on traditional subjects, also specialize in communications with the dead, would do anything to inflame the supernatural fabric of the small Midwestern town? Do you think this would have any effect if there's a room with a dedicated floor where everyone's just trying to contact the dead? Would you think it would do anything to this town? Would it have any effect on this? It's just, you know, shot in the uh, dark. How do you feel? Probably nothing, right?
1: Uh, yeah, nothing. Yeah. All good.
0: Man. Or, did this building, did the town will this building into existent, existence? Did the supernatural fabric of this small Midwestern town, Whitewater, Wisconsin, summon this spook temple there in the first place? Hmm, interesting. Huh. Be- because um, Whitewater's paranormal activities do not stop or start According to some rumors, with the establishment of its spiritualist mecca, although its establishment is generally accepted as a major catalyst. Catalyst for what? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you know what town evidently has been staying spooky. Whitewater, Wisconsin.
1: Yeah, they're staying spooky
0: up there. They, they seem to be because stories of witchcraft make up the majority of whitewater's urban legends the uh the most notable surrounding a massive limestone water tower located in star and park and but even before this tower or the temple the spook temple was built things were kind of spooky there like it's just like it's hard to pin down exact legends which i'll get into but there was, was kind of an always like a like just witchy witchcraft type of Uh-oh. vibes, okay. All right, so, like I said, a lot of witchy things. But one of the uh, most notable legends involved that water tower in Sterren Park, that again was built in the same year as the Morris Pratt Institute. Coincidence, or fate? Huh. Hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Also, when it was constructed, it was strange that the barbs on the top of a fence that would eventually surround the tower were pointing inwards toward the tower, not away, but in. And we, you, know, you know, the implication there, as Just if to keep, to keep something, something in. exactly to keep something trapped inside rather than people getting in. Now, it has since been stated that this construction was a mistake, and that the fence has um, been repositioned so the barbs face the other correct way. But, I mean... I mean, what do you think about that? Because I know what I think about that. Hmm. I mean... Yeah. If
1: If you're a fence builder, you typically know which way the fence goes, right?
0: Right. And so you would... So do you really think when people were craftsman in the 1880s that this guy fence builder i don't know what the (laughs) no it's a fence i'm just gonna assume fence builder that's a a,
1: yeah yeah. that's that's what it's called
0: fence builder fenceman fence builder fencer fencer i like it all right so yeah you think an 1880s fencer would put up a whole fence (laughs) and then not realize he fucked up until like some guy walks up to him to check on how he's doing he's like oh hey man you put the barbs on the wrong way he's like damn it well or then he's like, no, I oh. meant to put him that way. <laughs> you can imagine. Yeah. The wind just mm-hmm. gets sucked out of him. He's just like, ah, oh, man. So he has to save face. He's like, no, I, I did it on purpose. There's something in there. What? And then he just leaves. Bye. What's in there? Then the legend spurs. It's, you know. All right. So rumors of robed figures. Because then, once that you know tower was built, things were getting real spooky. Rumors of robed figures performing, I guess, seances or other dark rituals, are reported to have occurred at its base. So you imagine, you know, the witches surrounding it doing their thing. This uh, obviously, obviously, this cabal of potentially nefarious mystics are often called the witches of Whitewater. Hmm. Hmm. Right. Sketchy. Yeah, very catchy. And, I mean, like I said earlier, it's hard to pin down specific sources of instances of earlier witch activity, but it was enough of a thing even before the construction of the institute or water tower that the town had been given a name that it only continues to warrant and deserve. Second Salem.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, you like,
0: right? That's some serious shit right uh-huh. there. All right. Um... Legend states, and again, legend state a lot of things in this episode, that there is a series of tunnels that the witches have used to travel undetected across the city, with one entrance to these tunnels allegedly being discovered by a bunch of sorority girls underneath a student housing complex in 1981. Hmm. Wells huh. Hall, the student housing building rests just south of the old Sarin, or Sarin Water Tower. So there's, okay. your, there's your beginning or your scene in your movie, the sorority go- girls partying, and for whatever reason, they end up in the basement and something collapses and they find this secret tunnel to who knows what. Interesting.
1: Yeah. Okay. Right? I'm in.
0: And of course, yeah, in the movie, in the movie they'd be in, they'd jump in the tunnel, and then all sorts of craziness can happen. Um, uh-huh. Geography. And of course, it's a, it's a party in, so they're probably drunk and finding spirits, ghosts. Wh- I mean, who knows, man? You can, you know...
1: Trying to get can the ghost drink with them. and Yeah.
0: Yeah. You want to party? Yeah. We're talking. Performing seances. Or like they join the witches and they join like the witch. Then they become witches of Whitewater and it's a whole thing. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Sharing spirits with spirits. Oh. Oh. Mm. mm. Yeah. All right. So uh, geography and location. Uh, they, they Both of those things do play a large part in Second Salem's Legends. What kind of geography and locations? Well, a perfect isosceles triangle, which has also been called the Witch's Triangle, can be formed when connecting certain points between all three of the town's local cemeteries, uh, Calvary, Oak Grove, and Hillside. The, uh, The spiritualists and institution founder, Morris Pratt himself is buried within Hillside Cemetery.
1: All right, I don't uh, remember my geometry all that great. What is an isosceles? Is that the one with all the equal sides?
0: An isosceles, from what I was looking at, seems to be two longer sides and one smaller side. The angles are all the same, though. I'm not a... I'm looking it up. I'm not a shape scientist, so I need... I'll need some assistance there.
1: Shape scientist. <laughs> uh, oh, man. An isosceles triangle is a triangle that has two sides of equal length. Sometimes it is specified as having exactly two sides of equal length, and sometimes it's having at least two sides of
0: equal length. Cool. Nice. Badass. So I kind of remembered correctly about that part. Nice. But the sides? Fucking Awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I mean, I don't have a degree, like I said, in shape science, but...
1: Right, a, I'm a, also not
0: a shape scientist. Well, for a layman, I think we knocked it out of the park, that's all I'm going to say. For...
1: <laughs> yeah, triangle experts now.
0: <laughs> triangle experts. <laughs> uh, I was trying to get some alliteration going on, but I can't think of any other metaphors for doctor or professor that start with a truss sound. I got nothing. Triangle therapists. <laughs> wow! <laughs> I don't know. what That doesn't mean anything.
1: That's nonsense.
0: Triangle <laughs> <laughs> therapist.
1: <Yep>. Good.
0: <laughs> How are your angles doing today? Please tell me about them. Are they a little obtuse? They're, they're,
1: they're not right.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. That's enough about oh, that. Holy
0: fuck. That was inc- <laughs> all right.
1: <laughs> all right. Moving on.
0: <laughs> I'm, try- I'm trying, okay. All right. All right, so... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so about uh, about these cemeteries. Um, within Oak Grove Cemetery resides Mary Worth. Legend says she's an axe-wielding, curse-stealing witch who, as she was dying or as she was being put to death, and whatever, wanted to be buried in one of the three cemeteries. The town's people initially refused... Because you can't bury a witch on holy ground, evidently. There's laws to this. And the witch consecrated. promised... Consecrated. Yeah, right? Oh, sorry, what did you say? I talked over you. I apologize.
1: Consecrated. You can't. Exactly. B- consecrated ground. No. Can't, it's a no-no. You, no. It.
0: you can't do it. So the, uh, the townspeople initially refused, and the witch promised to curse the town if they didn't. Um, and this witch can be seen haunting the cemetery on Halloween Eve. So, you know, legends say she's buried there, but the whole legend states that, like, she didn't want to be buried there. So, I mean, I'm sure there's a story involved in there. Who knows? You can imagine. Maybe they didn't, and then she started haunting, and then she put her there, and now she still haunts it. I don't know. That's the legend. Mm -hmm. And then also, allegedly, Oak Grove was the site of many sacrifices during the 1900s, and those who performed the sacrifices were buried upright around their altar. So that's a thing, evidently. Hmm. Huh. A lot of stuff.
1: That's a weird thing.
0: Yeah, a lot of stuff. A lot of cults and things going on here. Um, and then this mm-hmm. was a uh, and then this was like a real thing that happened, that's which they think was a uh, was a prank. But it's kind of a fucked up prank. Do you want to hear about this fucked up prank that someone may have done in the nineteen seventies? Sure. Cause I mean, again, we've worked in Illinois and Chicago and the nineteen seventies. What good story does not you know, you need all these things involved in this here. Um yep. quote. There, there was a coffin of a little girl mysteriously put on campus back in 1970 during Halloween week. People think it was taken from one of these local cemeteries, says Karen Weston, a UW-Whitewater's archivist of 27 years. She said this to royalpurplenews.com. So that's fucked up. Somebody dug up a little girl's coffin and threw it on the campus? Jesus Christ, you guys.
1: Yeah. Huh. All
0: right. And then... uh. I didn't get too much into this. People can look up these stories. These are just nice things to add on.
1: I don't really know if that's a prank. That's just like
0: <laughs> Yeah. Haha. Ha. What's funny
1: about this? What's funny about you digging up a child's grave?
0: Get it? She's fucking dead. That's not the joke. What do you yeah, there's it's a, a girl joke. here and she's There's a girl here. She's fucking dead. Okay? And now it's on the campus. Get it? I don't. Please help me. Nope. Not yeah. funny. Like, if you'd open it, there'd be a dead body. I get it, but I don't get it.
1: Yeah, you're you're just insane.
0: Why did you do this? I'm crazy. I'm a witch of whitewater. Get out of (laughs) here. So the uh, the cemeteries also contain the bodies of two unconnected women who murdered their loved ones with strychnine. I guess that's a thing. Got some some murderers in there. That's neat. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Now, there is a Facebook page called Witches of Whitewater, and one website had this little anecdote put in here, okay? Like, so, you know, we're reading like a little, you know, we know what we're reading. All right, quote. Mm -hmm. I used to walk my dog in Hillside as I visited my grandfather's grave. A storm was approaching one day around dusk. My mother was with me. Suddenly, our dog stopped running around and froze. All the hair in its body went straight up and out. As he was a collie, this was striking. I bet it was. <laughs> how? Yeah. <laughs> how? Uh, yeah. How straight up can a collie's hair get? I'm sure it does look pretty scary. He. Uh, so he was, you know, he was staring down into a hollow. My mother then said, quote, "You better go down there and tell those kids to get home before the storm hits." Now, the person who wrote this hmm. says. I did not see any kids.
1: Huh.
0: What kids? I asked. The ones down there. I don't think Boo likes them. Boo is the dog. Again, now I'm now I'm calling this story into suspicion. It's like a ghost story, and the dog's name was Boo. Is that what you called your dog? Huh. Boo. I... Maybe I should say it like this. Boo. All right, I won't do that. <laughs> All right. All right, anyways, Boo. Boo had bitten a kid who was teasing him, and since he was not so fond of kids. Oh, end sentence. I looked at Boo. He was growling deep in his throat. I looked into the area, and he was staring at. Yeah, into the area he was staring at. I don't see any kids, I said. They are right down there, dancing around, said my mother. I said, let's go, Boo, into the car, and we will drive down there. When we got to the hollow, I said, see, there's no one here. We walked back to the car. You're not going to, that's not how this works. My mother said, they were just here. Look around. Maybe they are hiding. I got out and I walked into the hollow. Then I realized this was the infant and child burying ground. Oh. Oh. That's a thing. Evidently, it was just a place where they buried infants and childs. Maybe, I mean, you know.
1: That seems like it would be a weird thing to do. But I mean, I'm not a cemetery designer, you're... on top of other things that I have stated that I am not this episode.
0: <laughs> yeah, you haven't uh, architected any uh, cemeteries recently. No,
1: nope. I have not.
0: You haven't built any of those structures? or.
1: I mean, they're just they're just fields, essentially. So, right. no, I you, have not you, built but... any...
0: You put the things there. The things. I call the bodies the things. The That's things. great. Yeah, put yep. the you put the things there, you throw the things on top of the things and then you plant the stuff and you are all set. <laughs> I'm uh, just trying to find my spot, but yeah, they got, they did, the, they took the car down. They couldn't find anything. Um, they were just here, look around. Maybe they were hiding. I got out and walked into the hollow, and that's when I realized, of course, I had said this already. The infant and child burying ground is where they were. There were many mm-hmm. children's graves. Rather than being scared, I laughed. Okay, I knew yeah. Hillside.
1: I mean, either that's yeah.
0: Is that like a nervous I laughter? Laugh. I'm, yeah.
1: Yeah, I guess.
0: I might have done like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh-huh. and then the laughter would turn to tears <laughs> and then I would take boo, get the fucking get the fuck out of there. I knew Hillside. I got back into the car and my mother said, "Did you find them?" Yes, I said, they are leaving now. I was humoring your mother? Yeah, shut up. Yeah, I saw them. Mm. they're gone. All right. Well, there's another legend that involves architecture and things perhaps buried, but not buried in the ground, like buried in the basement of a library. There is also the story of a truly repugnant, dangerous book under lock and key in the basement of the Anderson Library that drive those who read it to suicide. Dang. I quote, the only locked book we own... I mean, that's the legend. So here we go. Quote, the only locked book we own is actually a Catholic hymnal, Weston said. And the woman I mentioned earlier, quote, we think the archivist, we think the stories about it come from the fact that up until 1989, a hundred years after the Morris Pratt Institution was founded, the storage we use for the book was in a locked cage because it's the only storage unit we had. A locked book in a special collections got this image of being dangerous. However, none of the people who have ever talked about this Catholic hymnal have given us a publisher, a title, another, no date, nothing. Now, to me, this sounds, this sounds to me like people not wanting to be upfront about their suicidal hymnals. Just saying. Yeah, maybe. Uh, And again, suicide hymns, suicide hymnals. That's a good name for something. I don't know, if an album or a band, but I'm just saying. Suicide hymns sounds sounds pretty pretty cutting. I just thought about that. It's a little yeah yeah. yeah we're the suicide hymns. This song is called suicidal hymnals. Oh my god! <laughs>
1: <laughs> like wow, they only got one thing really. <laughs> oh, oh, they're
0: really on it. Oh, their next song is called hymns of suicide. Oh, what else huh. we got to talk? Oh oh, their next song is or their next. The next this is our next song it's called death songs It's the same thing anyways
1: <laughs> self-inflicted death songs
0: <laughs> yes oh my god <laughs> self-inflicted death songs
1: <laughs> I think we got, we're onto something here
0: yeah wow oh on their inside in their liner notes they credited thesaurus.com <laughs> 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 all right. While many stories involving the witches of Whitewater are vague and hard to pin down, kind of like I talked about, they fill the minds of all who hear them and encourage those who dare hear them to pass the information on. But what is not vague is that within the town of Second Salem was a school that was laser-focused on talking with the dead, trying to reach beyond the veil, if you will. And like I mentioned earlier, the school still exists, like the actual institution exists in Milwaukee. But the, uh, the, but the Morris Pratt Institution or the Spook Temple, its mark on Whitewater, will never be forgotten. Now, while the school left Whitewater, the witches or their descendants could very well still be there, roaming the tunnel network underneath the city that connects all the big old houses, performing their rites or preparing for what comes next. Um, now, it's not very recent, but the, uh, and this is a separate story which I may dive into even on a different episode, um, it's not very recent, but the most recent documentation of cult behavior was in 1992 when sub students at, and a uh, a local saw four cloaked figures performing some sort of ritual at Whitewater Lake. These witnesses claim to have seen dense fog roll in and a giant monster begin to rise out from the lake. What was going on? Who hmm. knows? But that's just fun to toss in there. What the fuck? Hell yeah. Okay. So, in conclusion, I mean, when it comes to Second Salem, who truly knows? Who knows? Hmm. Huh. Who knows? But that is the story of Whitewater, Wisconsin, or Second Salem.
1: Yeah, they can't be the Salem witches. That's a uh, Second Salem witches. Is that a thing? That wouldn't end well.
0: Oh no, no, probably not. No, no, probably <laughs> not. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it absolutely would the not. The
1: witches of Whitewater.
0: The witches huh. of Whitewater. Yeah, the whole town. Where
1: is Whitewater, Wisconsin? Uh, it can't be too far from Milwaukee, then, right? Yeah, it's it's not that far away. I, I mean, th- it's. I wouldn't think at least.
0: It's easy to if we're doing our loop of Illinois that creeps into Wisconsin, comes back down. It's 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 in the path of things we would be doing. Um, it's not. It's not too right, far. We got
1: we to gotta stop and way. pick up some cheese for the road.
0: Absolutely. And one of the, um, one of the videos I watched about Whitewater, because, I mean, of course you know it's up there. I mean, it's a cool name for a brewery. Second Salem Brewery. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Of course it exists.
1: Yeah, that's cool.
0: So that would be a great, you know, a great stop. Take our, you know, do a, uh, when we traverse this beautiful land again. Make a stop
1: Traversing thing sounds cool
0: Doesn't it though? Going anywhere, doing anything Yep Finding some tunnels Performing a seance
1: I mean, I don't So they found the one tunnel
0: Evidently, yeah, that was just connected to like a weird whatever And
1: then how far did it go though? god i wish i like, knew did you find that at all
0: i didn't no i, I did not it just said that um hmm. there was legends of these tunnels and this went somewhere that no one knew and that was kind of it's kind of the end of it it's just i dug in my teeth a little bit but it didn't seem like um maybe that's something we have to go to the anderson library for and look for specific clippings or bust out the microfilm to find out what's going on here
1: yeah because that seems interesting like it I would wonder what the purpose of that would be, you know, being up north. You'd think that maybe it was to get from building to building during wintertime, but, I mean, they're not that far north where right you you would require something like that to stay yeah, safe or whatever.
0: Right, exactly. And, I mean, because we talked about the, I mean, the Mantino State Hospital, of course, was just a hospital with a campus, but, like, you know, they had tunnels underneath things. I'm just thinking about that. So maybe it was just a thing. I don't know. The connect Yeah, like you said, just to connect buildings that nobody needed anymore or left over from something. Yeah, but, but yeah.
1: Why? Cuz that's so much work to It is. do something that doesn't really need doing.
0: No, I agree. It's very it's so it is very strange. I really do wonder. But I mean it just it does. and It makes you wonder. It's pretty, like you know, it's an it's an awesome thing. Yeah. It's and weird.
1: Then, it's a weird little tidbit.
0: Yeah, right. It just kind of sets the stage of this little this little scene in this little movie, because I mean the whole, I mean the whole fucking, all that could be wrapped up into one little, you know. Again, like most things, nice little, nice little story about this fucking weird ass town, water tower. It's got all this, and the picture. If you look up the water tower, I mean, it does look like a fucked up. It looks like an ancient water tower, like it's just you know stone, really? limestone, and then it's big, and it does. Thing and like evidently like you can see it wherever like at different points in the town, but you can't. You have to like actually walk up to it in the park and then s- stare up at it because like it's surrounded by trees and stuff. So like you really can't like you can't see it from f- far away and be like, wow, it's a big tower. You just see it peeking out of the trees. So like to, to huh. absorb it, you have to walk up to it and then of course it's you know this massive structure in front of you. Mm-hmm. So you know, neat. It's a neat little thing. White, it's pretty which cool. is of whitewater second salem say it's, it's a spooky town
1: cool yeah
0: if um if anybody's been there to second salem whitewater wisconsin if you've performed any séances you know if we go up there you know we have to like at least take like other people we have to have people up there or even just the two of us we have to wear dark robes and like bring like you know and have like a séance and make sure somebody sees it Mm-hmm. And then and then run away and then, and then just like, run a, into the woods it. or something. Just do what? What'd you say?
1: Just run into the woods after we make sure oh, somebody yeah. sees us.
0: Absolutely. Maybe like leave like a document with a bunch of like spells written on it. It's like, what was this?
1: Yeah, just write it in like some weird, foreign, not even foreign. Just make up a whole new right bunch of symbols.
0: And on the top of it, it just says suicide and hymnals, suicide hymns. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: so,
0: uh-huh. What? Is this a set list from a cult? <laughs> huh. uh, but uh, but yeah, email us, find us on the the uh, social medias, um, follow us on the Patreon, support us if you uh, enjoy what you're doing. We got some extra episodes and comic pages up there, and always, all always more exciting things on the horizon. So, if you like the show? Do all those cool things. Mm-hmm. And and well, you know.
1: And, yeah, we know what to do.
0: We do. We need to
1: stay spooky. Oh, yeah, stay spooky.